everybody. My name is Shauna, and this is the American English Podcast. My goal here is to teach you the English spoken in the United States. Through common expressions, pronunciation tips, and interesting cultural snippets or stories, I hope to keep this fun, useful, and interesting. Let's do it. Hi, everyone. Today on the podcast, we have Lindsay McMahon, who is an ESL teacher and host of the All Ears English podcast. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Shauna. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me on your show. I am thrilled to have you. How's your day going so far? Fantastic. Well, this is the highlight of my day. Whenever I get to be on the podcast or a podcast with another podcaster, it is by far the best part of the day. (laughs) I love that. Have you always felt like that? Always felt confident speaking on a microphone. Yeah. I mean, if I go back and I listen to our first, you know, 10, 15, 20 episodes, not so much, right? But at some point, the confidence just kicked in. And since then, I've felt really good. Just feels natural. What about you? That's great. Yeah. I listened to the first episode, second episode, third episode, and it's a little bit horrifying. (laughs) Uh, I think back then, I wasn't even aware of a lot of mouth sounds, yes. clicking and ums and likes all over the place. And so I think in general, I've become a better speaker yes. just to be able to say things off the cuff, you know, without preparation and have it actually come out like a normal thought process. Absolutely. I mean, there are benefits to being a podcaster, right? Like, for example, I just got married a few weeks ago and someone handed me a microphone. Thank you. But the benefit was, you know, the person who did the ceremony handed me the microphone for my vows. And I felt 100% confident with a mic in my hand. So, you know, this spills over all over our lives. So (laughs) totally. Yeah, totally. So yeah, I guess that kind of goes for everyone who's listening. The more you speak, the more confident you will feel. Yes. Love it. Speak all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. All right. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about a dream trip to Colorado. We're going to dig into Lindsay's brain and her experience in the state of Colorado to help shed light on the culture there. And the goal sort of of this conversation, of course, it's going to be very casual, is to not only make you want to visit the state of Colorado, but to give you some ideas about what you can do there. And I'm very excited. I have to admit, I've been to Colorado one time before. And it was for my honeymoon. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) Where'd you go? So I went there in April of 2017, which is kind of the end of the snowy season, if I'm not mistaken. And so they had extra cheap tickets to go lift tickets at a lot of the resorts, the ski resorts. And so we went to Copper Mountain. Nice. I love copper. Yeah. You've been there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We went there a bunch this winter. Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. And then to Fort Collins, which is, yeah, sort of a small town. And then Denver, spent some time in Denver and just driving around the Red Rocks. Just amazing, amazing state. And so I can't wait to talk to you about (laughs) what your dream trip would be. And I'm curious to know, are you originally from Colorado? Yeah, good question. No, I am not originally from Colorado. I'm actually from the East Coast originally. I grew up in New Hampshire. I lived in New York City and lived in Boston. I lived in Virginia for college. This is my first time living in the West, but I always like kind of wanted to live out here in the West. You know, it's a different lifestyle. Yeah. So how did you end up in Colorado? Well, so I met my partner in Boston and my partner is originally from here. So we moved out together. We ended up out here. I said, hey, let's try something new. 
Boston is great. New York is great. But I was really just ready for more sunshine, ready for kind of a more chilled out lifestyle. That's really what Colorado is, is the lifestyle. Yeah, that's sort of the stereotype of, I guess, Colorado too. You know, people that spend a lot of time outdoors, they're really relaxed and easygoing. It just feels like much less stressful than, you know, being in New York City. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's something about the people out here. There's a certain friendliness. There's a certain openness. And I do think just being outside more often creates that. Yeah, I could agree with that for sure. I've spent <laughs> a lot of time hiking and stuff. And we'll get into, I'm curious about your experience and your outdoor activities. So let's just, yeah, dive into this. So tell me about how you'd like to structure our chat. Yeah, I would like to break this down into a three-day weekend. And I'll break it into two sections. I think when you come out here, you have to spend two days in the mountains and one day in the city because people really come here for the outdoors. They don't come here for Denver, the city of Denver, but Denver is really cool. And there's a lot of interesting things we can do here. So that's how I'm going to break it down, Shauna. So two days in the mountains, one day in the city. And are these three days based on your personal experience? Is this something, this dream trip, something you've already done? Or is this just something you've dreamt up in your mind? No, these are things I've done, not necessarily all in one exact weekend in this exact format, but I've done all of these things at different times. You know, when I've come out here to visit my partner's family, when we were still on the East Coast, or just in my lifestyle, this is the formula for really getting the true Colorado experience. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Okay, so day one. Yes, day one. Well, actually, before we go into it, I want to make an interesting cultural note here about Colorado. So, Shauna, when in LA, you live in LA, right? California, yes. LA area. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. when someone asks you, you know, what do you do in LA? What are they saying? What are they actually asking? What do you do? Like, yeah. what's your profession? How much money do you have? Right. <laughs> yeah, sort of. yeah, right. How much money do you have? What did you study in school? Right. There are questions behind the question. So, In Colorado, the most important thing your listeners need to know is when someone asks you, what do you do? They're actually not asking what you do for work. And this was a total culture shock to me. They're asking kind of what activity do you do outside? (gasps) I love that. (laughs) You know, that's everything about Colorado. Like, do you hike? Do you ski? Do you mountain bike? Do you rock climb? Things like that. That's actually what they want to know. That is hilarious. So how did you find that out in a conversation where... You actually answered what you do for a living? Kind of, yeah. I started going to meetups right from the beginning, and we moved here pre-pandemic, fall of 2019, and I started going out. I started meeting people, and I realized, you know, people were asking me this question. I started East Coast style. I started saying, oh, I have my own company, and blah, 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 blah. And I realized they were actually asking, you know, do you ski, do you hike? So this is something important to know. And (laughs) I love that. That is really important. And so do you ski and hike like in Colorado style? What do you do? (laughs) What do I do? I do both. So those are my two core outdoor activities. I ski in the winter and I hike in the summer. I've been told that I should get into rock climbing because a lot of people do come here and get into that. But I haven't yet. I'm a little scared. I got to be honest. Okay. Yeah. So awesome. Well, and where would be your go to place to go skiing. I mean, coming from California, I mean, we hear about, I think the first time I heard about Aspen was when I was a little kid and I saw that movie Dumb and Dumber and they (laughs) take a trip to, (laughs) they take a trip to Aspen and it's just this very glamorous place. People drive Lamborghinis and, you know, there's, there's these beautiful ski resorts and log cabins where, you know, just roaring fires. And I don't know, all these things come to mind. Yeah. 
Aspen. Is that where you go or is that where do you go someplace else? What's your uh, Yeah, Aspen to? is such a fantastic place to people watch. We were in Aspen last year and we went around ski season. It's the one place where you can find people still in their ski boots at midnight because the apres ski is almost better than the skiing, right? <laughs> so yeah, Aspen is good. I haven't skied there myself yet, but I actually love Copper Mountain. Copper Mountain is one of my favorite just because it is on I-70. It's close enough to Denver and it's not to be honest, I'm not a big Vale fan. Vale, Breckenridge, Beaver Creek, Keystone, these are the four famous ones. And they get so crowded. The skiing is good. It's solid skiing, great skiing. But I have to say, I think they're a little overrated. So something like Copper is just as challenging, but a little more down to earth and a little less crowded. Okay. Yeah. So day one, you might stay at Copper Mountain yeah. then? Yeah. So we'll break this down into the trip. So I would spend those first two days in the mountains. So if it's winter... I would absolutely rent an Airbnb with my friends. So that, you know, renting an Airbnb kind of mountain house with your friends is kind of where you're going to stay in the mountains, whether you're hiking or whether you're skiing, for sure. Yes. Are there a lot of Airbnb options there? There are. Yeah, there's a ton. They're not super cheap, but, you know, if you all kind of pile in together, share the price, it works. Yeah. So I would definitely hit the slopes and hike in the summer, for sure. Okay. And then... Out of curiosity, because obviously Colorado is very drastically different from winter to spring to summer to fall, what time of year would you find yourself there at that Airbnb? Yeah, so I would avoid the shoulder seasons. So I think when you went in April, you might have seen mud season. Did you see a lot of mud? <laughs> there was a lot of slush, and then it was turning into mud in areas. But, you know, the upside was that a lot of people were on the ski lifts in tank tops. And I love I think that. My husband, Lucas, is from Brazil, and he's like, this is just mind-blowing. How can people be outside wearing practically no clothing and then skiing down a mountain? Yes, I love it. And you just hit on one of the key pieces I wanted to emphasize about Colorado culture, the sunshine. So because we're high, altitude of Denver is a mile high, and obviously these mountains, Copper, Breckenridge, are up at, I believe, 10,000 feet around there. We get 300 days of annual sunshine. And compared to the average, that's actually the average in the U.S. I looked this up to prepare. It's 205. L.A., what do you think it is? I don't know. Maybe it's close. 300 and 300. No. According to what I saw, it's actually 284. So it's in the same range. But yeah, we have a lot of sun. And the biggest rookie mistake, if you're going to go to the mountains or even just in the city, is that the temperature can swing in a day. It's incredible. I could be outside in winter, 75 degrees, having a beer in the sun with a t-shirt. And two hours later, a blizzard could come in. <laughs> so the oh, secret here is wow. make sure you have layers. Dress in layers when you're in the mountains. Bring lots of options. Expect anything. And lots of sunscreen too, right? Yes. Yes. We have a high when, rate even of when uh, melanoma. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. When it's overcast outside and people think they're not getting burned, but really at the end of the day, they all look like lobsters. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, horrible, horrible exactly. thing. Yeah. Love Good it. to be prepared. Yeah. So you would spend your two days at Copper Mountain spending at the Airbnb with friends. And then what would you do in terms of food? Yeah. Do you have like a go-to meal that you would prepare together? What would you have? I'm going to point your listeners to one particular thing that seems to be people love it here. And that is eating green chili. So green chili, green chili, green chili. Wow, that's so yes. new to me. I've never even heard of that. Green chili. Okay. It is so popular here. When I go to the farmer's markets in Denver, it's everywhere. 
They like to put it in burritos. So they love breakfast burritos. Shauna, you know, you lived in New York, right? So, you know, kind of, yes. So, you know, the breakfast culture is kind of egg and cheese sandwiches, bagels, that kind of thing. Yes. So out here, the culture is breakfast burritos. Stuff that thing with green chili, get like a bean and cheese or any kind of meat. That would be the thing to eat. Absolutely. That's going to be distinct. Yeah. And I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm curious to know when you're talking about chili, are you talking about the sort of stew made with beans and meat inside of it? Or are you talking about like chilies, like chili peppers? Yeah. So it's more the latter. So it comes from literally, again, like I said, if you go to the farmer's market, you can see those chilies, the large peppers. They're large and people will actually buy them at the farmer's market and store them over the winter and then cook them in. So the biggest thing is soups. They like to make a green chili soup or just really put it on top of anything. So it's always going to be an option that you're going to see on the menu. I saw this a lot in New Mexico as well. Great tip. I yes. made a note of that for myself. You guys make a note. <laughs> love that. Love it. Love, love it. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So we've got food. You mentioned the weather. Mm-hmm. That's very important. Yeah. Outdoor activities. So when you're out, you know, you're spending time at this mountain cabin or your Airbnb during the day, you're skiing. Yes. And maybe snowboarding. Maybe mm-hmm. what other things could you do outdoors? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people like cross-country skiing. That's a good option. Now, winter hiking, you could do that too. People will do that. But I would is, say... Is that a thing? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, for is sure. That a thing? <laughs> yeah, people do winter hiking, I would say. Uh, maybe more so in the shoulder seasons, right? But absolutely. Anything that you're doing, again, because the weather is the way it is, you have nice sunshine in the day. So you can be out there, like you said, in a t-shirt, you can be hiking, just getting outside. I would also say we should flip the script here for a summer trip. If you happen to be in the mountains in the summer, the term is hike a 14er, right? So does that kind of ring a bell? Have you heard that term before, a 14er? I don't think so. (laughs) So thinking, I'm racking my brain. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So this is a great summer option. These are mountains that are above 14,000 feet in altitude, right? Ah, yes. It rings a bell now. I did a podcast episode about Aaron Ralston, the guy that got Mm. stuck in oh. Utah. Oh my God. Like, I and he had to chop off his arm. Yes. I just yeah. watched that recently, that movie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Creepy. But anyway, Crazy. he had that goal of hiking a lot of the, I, I can't remember if it was 14ers. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. yeah, I think so. 13. Anyway, continue. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of, you know, peak bagging, right? They say peak bagging is getting all these peaks under your belt, as they say. And it's a badge of honor. You know, people talk about which 14ers have you hiked? You know, which ones have you done? The reason is that When you get to that kind of altitude, you're really high and you will definitely experience the altitude. My first 14er was Mount Bierstadt, which is one I recommend as a beginner. If your listeners are out there in the summer, I absolutely felt dizzy as anything, right? Like you start to feel like you can't, you're going to fall because you're dizzy. That's really interesting that you said that. So do you normally have altitude sickness? Were you aware that you had it before you went there? I think I really hadn't experienced altitude sickness until that day. But when you're going to that kind of height, you're going to get it in one way or another. So we have to drink lots of water, you know, the night before, the day before, the morning of. We got to make sure we bring plenty of food and that we're in shape, right? These mountains will knock us off our feet a little bit. It's not an easy hike. It's a, <laughs> it's a full body experience, let's say. But you managed it. You did it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you got one under the belt. Yeah. And the the cool thing is like, I think, you know, in life, you know, taking bigger challenges, doing things that really take our whole body and mind 
is really satisfying because we can come out of that and say that mountain completely took my mind, heart and soul and body, but I did it. You know, it's a great feeling. So is that something that you would do again? Oh, I yeah. Mean, yeah, for sure. Maybe. Yeah, I like to do one a summer, two a summer, and then the other hikes are more. We do hike like most weekends in the summer, right? We're always up there, but we won't do 14ers every weekend. That would be kind of crazy. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, views are amazing. And then take your dog with you. If you are lucky enough to have your dog in Colorado, bring your dog up the mountain. There's a huge dog culture in Colorado. That's something that I remember from when I got there. We had sort of these, you know, this idea of outdoorsy culture and everything before going there. And when we <laughs> arrived, I mean, honestly, the first day, it's kind of funny because you just mentioned altitude sickness, but the first day in Denver, I felt completely sick. We were okay. at, sitting at dinner and I was like, I need to go home. And it's funny because it's Denver. <laughs> I mean, well, the yeah. mile high city, but right. I still felt altitude sickness. And then looking around the restaurant, though, we were kind of taking note of the people and, you know, what they were wearing, what they looked like. Everyone was so good looking. Like, I honestly, <laughs> and I don't know if you've noticed this too, but we were like, you know, all these people look like they spend so much time outdoors just in shape and, you know, fit and healthy. I don't know if the it's the food and the sunshine and everything, but it was so noticeable to Lucas and I that we just kind of were like in a daze. I people love watching. That. I guess that could make sense. I have kind of I feel like I hear people from Colorado saying that people in Colorado seem to be taller than people on the East yes. Coast for some reason. I yes. see that being talked about. I'm not sure if that's statistically true. I don't know. It has to be. I noticed that too. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, funny. I guess you could say that. I think there is a certain, I mean, I guess when we live a relaxed life, we feel good. Like our face kind of relaxes. You know, we have a lot of joy in our lives. So there could be something to that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But also I noticed the people had a lot of dogs. So that kind of ties yes. it back to what you're saying. Bring your dogs to the mountains. You know. Yes. Do you have a dog? I do. I have a dog. He's two years old. His name is Kiefer. We got him during the pandemic and we take him up these mountains. We also take him to breweries. So that would be kind of the next recommendation if I can throw that out there, Shauna. After you finish both your ski day or your hike, go straight to a brewery, a craft brewery. We love this. And we take our dog, we go get some beers, and we just sit in the sun for a couple of hours after being outdoors. To me, that is a perfect mountain day. Is there a strong brewery culture in Colorado? Oh, yeah. It's huge. Humongous. Bigger than anything I ever saw on the East Coast. The breweries are everywhere. And it's funny because I talk about this a lot on Allers English. I always say I was at a brewery over the weekend. And so I wonder if our listeners think I drink a lot, but it's more... <laughs> It's not the same as a bar. That's the important distinction, right? I think you know this from LA too. This is happening all over our country. Breweries are places where families hang out on Sunday afternoons, kids, dogs, moms, dads, you know, 20-somethings, everyone goes. It's not a dark bar where you're drinking in the middle of the day and it's weird. It's much more family-oriented. So <laughs> that's just a huge part of the culture. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And so when I actually think of Colorado, I first think of Coors Light. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yes. know, that's like the yes. beer that comes to mind because I don't know if that's the most popular one from there. Yeah. But mm -hmm. yeah, is, mm -hmm. do you have a recommendation for oh, listeners other than Coors? There's so many. So we got married in Boulder, up in Boulder, Colorado, which is about half an hour outside of Denver. And one of the most famous breweries to come out of there is Avery Brewing Company. So they are an example of one that started really small and intimate and became a huge, huge brewery that exports and all of that kind of thing. So, but Coors is definitely the most mainstream. 
I would say like 90s beer. (laughs) But there's so many more options now, you know, in terms of flavor and type of beer. And then the craft breweries probably get a little bit more, you know, unique with their different flavorings and malts and things like that. Yeah. So cool. Love that. So do you have anything else you would like to share about the mountains, like the first two days, or do you want to move on to the city? Yeah, I would just say one more quick thing. If you don't know how to ski or don't want to ski, or if you don't want to do these 14ers and hike, one place you can go is Rocky Mountain National Park. I think it's maybe one of the original national parks, super old. And I don't know, Shana, if you've seen the movie The Shining. Have you seen that movie? Okay, I have. Uh All right. So around that area where Rocky Mountain National Park is, is the Stanley Hotel, which is the site. It was supposed to be the scene and the setting for The Shining. So that's super fun. You can go in there. It's touristy, but you could do a tour. It's just one of those fun things. If you're more into movies than, you know, than outdoorsy stuff, you can do that. Yeah. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Made a note. So good. I'll leave all of the different notes, all of the different recommendations that Lindsay is sharing with us today on the episode webpage so that you guys can just pop on over and check them out. Awesome. Yeah. In peace. (laughs) All (laughs) right. Cool. Yes. Let's jump to the city then. So do you have a specific city in mind that you would like to visit? Absolutely. Let's go for Denver. You know, I think at heart, I'm kind of a city girl who loves to get out of the city. For me, I prefer a lifestyle, a daily life in the city, but then easy access to the outdoors on the weekends. So Denver is kind of the perfect spot. So guys, you know, now you've spent your two days at the mountains, we're going to come back to Denver, we're going to have a nice day in the city. So the first thing I want to let your listeners know, how are they going to get around? Grab a scooter. Is this kind of hot in LA right now? Scooting? You know, in downtown LA, certain parts of LA where you can actually get from one place to Uh, another quickly. Yeah. Yes. But a lot of areas, of course, you know, it requires a car. Yes. Yes. Some parts like Santa Monica, Venice, definitely. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Denver's, I think, in terms of, you know, mile, like how wide it is, this actual span of the city, it's, I think it's probably smaller than LA. So scooting does make sense. It's pretty easy. Walking all of Denver is a little harder. It would take longer. So we like to scoot. Gotcha. So you scoot. And do you have a scooter, your own personal scooter, or do you rent them on the street? Yeah, I still rent them through Lyft or Lime or Uber or something. But I have thought about that. I've thought about getting my own scooter because it's just so much fun. You know, you feel like a kid again. It's great. Yes. Okay. So that's how you would get from one place to another is on your scooter. Lovely. And other than that, is there public transportation in the city? Like good public transportation? Yeah, there's not a subway. There are buses. I really haven't taken them that much. I tend to just scoot or kind of walk places or drive, but you can take the bus. Yes, if you want to. Mm -hmm. Very nice. And so what would you do in the city? I mean, if you had like a 12 hour day. Yeah. I mean, in the morning Mm -hmm. you would wake up. Yeah. Have a nice breakfast. Oh, I can actually think of a place we had breakfast. What is the name of that place? Oh, I'm going to look it up and I'll share it on the, the webpage. There was one of these very memorable meals that oh, we had. Oh, I love it. And it was right ba- down by the trains train station. No, okay, train Union Station. station. Yeah, Union for sure. Station, did you yeah. did you like the food when you were in Denver? How did you feel about the food in general in the city? Oh, uh, well, I have some memorable meals. One at Linger. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fancy restaurant there. Ooh. And one at I remember ice cream from a massive it was like a big ice cream container. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that place, sounds. Yes. I don't remember the name of it, but it's in the Highlands. I know exactly what you're talking about. That place is an icon and there's always a line. <laughs> yes. 
So those were memorable. So I did have really good food. I have awesome. to admit, like lots awesome. of interesting stuff. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. I never know. Mm-hmm. I mean, w- one place I would say for breakfast is you could go to a place called Jelly if you like diner food. It's actually in my neighborhood here in Capitol Hill. And you walk in and it feels like a traditional diner, but there are old vintage cereal boxes all over the walls, which I think is so fun. Being a 90s kid, you know, 80s kid, I could see all the cereals that I used to eat as a kid. It's just really fun. I have to know what was your (laughs) go-to. Oh my God. I went through so many phases. For a long time, I loved Cinnamon Toast Crunch and then I realized it was so gross with (laughs) how sweet it was. That's what about funny. you? A lot of my friends were cinnamon toast crunch junkies. But yeah, I really liked Lucky Charms. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one, too. <laughs> yeah, but yep. you know, they actually now that I have daughters, I decided one time I'm like, you know what, you need to have the experiences that I had. <laughs> and I went to the store and I got Lucky Charms and they increased the amount of marshmallows to the point it's like the whole thing is marshmallows. Oh, no. And as a kid, I mean, I wanted there to be more marshmallows, but the excitement was actually, you know, eating all the other colored cereal first and then like having a bowl of just marshmallows left over. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's what it's all about. I think when you ate these kinds of cereals as a kid, you engineered the experience, right? You waited in the cinnamon toast crunch, you wait for the milk and it's got the cinnamon and you drink the milk and it's a whole thing. It's a whole, it's a big part of American culture, actually, you know? It's a huge part. I mean, I think if you asked any American about cereal, they could probably talk for an hour. I'm not like not kidding. Don't you don't you agree? Yes. It's a great episode idea, right? For the podcast. <laughs> Love it. So good. So yeah, go to Jelly, you know, experience kind of the traditional diner, I guess you could say. Yeah. Love that. And what is a typical diner? I think some people might know what that not know what that means. Yeah. I mean, these things you can find all over. They're not unique to Denver, but places where you go in, the biggest marker of that you know you're in a diner is the huge menu with so many choices. Average coffee, but bottomless coffee. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Bottomless. You can just keep getting more. Yes, <laughs> more exactly. And more and more. Exactly. So yeah. I would, yeah, that's a diner. But you got to do that at some point, whether you're in Colorado New York City, somewhere on the East Coast is great for that. I think diners originated in New Jersey, if I'm not mistaken. So that's a great place to do it too. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that they're not usually chains so that you get to kind of know, you know, the mom and pop shops Mm -hmm. and just the owners sometimes will come out. I love that. Very good. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. So jelly, we got that. And then what would you do after breakfast? So what I would do, I'm trying to see how I want to order this. I think... One thing that people love to do, and I know this because for my wedding a few weeks ago, so many people did this when they came to town before the wedding, is I would actually go slightly outside of Denver and go to the Red Rocks concert venue. I don't know if you've heard about Red Rocks. So famous. I have been there. Yes. 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 So this is fun because this is a natural amphitheater. So the rocks, you mentioned the Red Rock, and that's exactly what it is. It creates an incredible sound. But pro tip, secret tip, and of course, this is so Colorado, you would expect this from people out here. If you're not actually there for a concert, which you could book a concert, that'd be great. But if there's no concert happening, you can go and run the step. This is what people do for fun here. They go and they run the steps of the concert <laughs> venue to work out as a workout. Yeah. But so you can the go views from there are beautiful, too. I mean, it, it's so totally worth it, you know, just looking out and just seeing Red Rocks all out in the distance because it's not only the amphitheater itself, right? Mm-hmm. It's just yes. yes, stunning. Right. So that's the best way to get the biggest bang for your buck in the sense of, Get out of Denver. It's not far out of Denver. I think it's probably half an hour, not much more. But you can see that Red Rock, that unique 
natural kind of gift that nature's given us, that way that the rocks are structured, that the landscape looks, you can see that immediately right outside of Denver. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So we go to these beautiful red rocks, look at the views, and then you know we're spending some time outdoors. It's probably sunny out because as you said, Colorado is usually sunny. And then... Yeah. Where do we go afterwards? So I'm going to keep our listeners just kind of on the outside. We'll come back to Denver and we'll do some fun stuff in the city. But first, I would say, you know, Denver was kind of founded as a silver and gold town, right? That's why, you know, the gold rush. That's why Denver exists. So I would actually, as you're just outside of Denver, you know, 30 minutes outside, visit some old mines. It's cheesy. It's touristy, but it's kind of fun. Just because, especially for me, coming from the East Coast, it was really cool to see that, you know, see what they did and what they were striving for and why the city began. Sorry, is it silver mining? So you can go to places where you can mine for gold. You can actually literally, they'll give you a little thing and you can sift through and see what you can find, but you can get tours of these mines. So there were both silver and gold mines. I think the most common one for tours are gold mines, actually. Yeah. Interesting. And you can actually go, can you go underground. Yeah, you can. Yeah. And there are also some really interesting, like we recently did an easy hike. We're not talking about a 14 or just a simple hike, like a three hour hike where it was an literally it was an old mine. So as you're walking up the mountainside, you see old mine shafts, you see old cabins that have been around since the 1800s. So just the idea here is get a sense of the history and why this city exists. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Sounds sort of like Wild West, you know, totally like Wild that West. sort of image that you get in your mind of those mine shafts and things. I'm trying to think of what movie I'm thinking of, like Zorro, or I don't, I have no idea. There's a lot. I definitely had like a very romantic vision of the West before I moved out here, having grown up on the East Coast. There's so many images we have and the open spaces and just this feeling of what it's like to be, because on the East Coast, I think there's a certain mentality when you can't see beyond your immediate world, you feel a little bit different. But when you can see the horizon, you realize you're not the only person in the world. Like you're not the center of the universe. There's a certain humility that comes from being in the West, I think. And did it like completely match the stereotypes and the images that you had in your mind from a childhood? Or is it different in a way? I don't know. I guess, you know, it's a modern city too at the same time, right? So Not exactly, but there are elements of it. You know, you'll see, I don't know, you'll see statues of horses and cowboys and things like that. You can feel the elements of it, but nothing ever matches the stereotype, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love some of the stereotypes. You know, some of them, you know, are they're romanticized, but it's nice to think about. And, you know, kind of makes you feel like you're living in Hollywood. Like you've got this Hollywood, you know, film going on in your head. It's so true. Which is nice to have. It is fun. Yeah, for sure. Cool. All right. So you said you wanted to head back to Mm -hmm. Denver then? Yes. I'm going to take our listeners, your listeners back to Denver. So let's come back to the city. And there's two things we're going to do. So first, I would recommend visiting the Molly Brown Museum. I did this with my parents when they came out to, to visit me. And it's cool. Do you remember the movie, The Titanic? Yes, is she was the survivor, right? Kathy Bates' character. Yes. Yes. And I never put that together until I got out here and I visited her house and I realized, oh my gosh, she was the one that tried to save Leo. You know, all she was a very noble character. And that is part of the whole of the story of who she was. So she had married a silver baron, I guess, or some they had a house in my neighborhood actually, in Cap Hill, a mansion. And you can go through that museum. It's just stepping right back into history. Really cool. 
Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, great movie too. And (laughs) that's one I can rewatch a few times. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. So now we've done kind of our torsi things. We've gotten a sense of, you know, the silver mines, the gold mines, the history. Now we're going to do a brewery crawl. So (laughs) there's always going to be craft beer involved here, Shauna. (laughs) I love this. This is actually, you know, something I really enjoy. So I'm just making notes. (laughs) (laughs) You have to come out and visit us here. I love it. And so you're going to hop on your scooter to do your brewery crawl. So you can go to different neighborhoods, right? And just be careful of how much you drink when you're on that scooter, because I have seen some crazy things around the city. But you can go to the neighborhood called Rhino, which stands for River North. In Denver, we have these cheesy acronyms for all the neighborhoods, right? Trying to be Soho. I'm sure you have them in LA too, right? I have to think about it, but Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So you can visit, you know, small breweries, larger breweries. If you're going out and doing this on a Saturday, pretty much any time of the year, it's going to be sunny. The These breweries are going to be packed with people, actually. It's a kind of, it gets to be kind of a party scene in a way. Mm-hmm. Where do people bring board games? When I used to live in Brooklyn, I remember we used to go to the Brooklyn Brewery all the time and bring, I don't know, like so many different games yeah. that it ended up being this sort of like all day activity where you'd order pizza and then it had the more beer and then you were playing and it was funny and you talked to the people next to you and it just was a whole experience. Yeah, that's the vibe, right? So that's why it's so important to differentiate between a bar and a brewery because at a bar that kind of doesn't really happen, right? Exactly the vibe. Usually these breweries have board games, cards, board games. We've had birthday parties at breweries before. I personally kind of prefer the Mountain Brewery a little bit better that to, because it's going to be a smaller group of people. There's going to be people coming in from their outing, right? From their hiking, their skiing. It's going to be more chill. But if you're in the city, this is a core part of the lifestyle, brewery hopping or brewery crawl. And sorry, actually, I want to step back for one second. Earlier on in this talk, you said apres-ski. Yeah, apres-ski. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can you briefly tell listeners what that is, too? Because I think that also plays into Colorado culture. It so does. And I love the term. This is so important. So apres-ski basically means the party scene after skiing. And the best way, as I said earlier, to experience this or just people watch is definitely Aspen. <laughs> but okay. this happens all over. The idea is you may stay in your ski boots and your ski outfit or you may take it off, right? And just put on something more comfy. But you're outside, you're in the sun, you got your sunglasses on, you're drinking a beer and life is good. You know, you're just, you're feeling great because you've exerted yourself physically. So you feel good about yourself. You have had a great day of adventure. And now you're just spending time with friends. That's apres ski. Yes. Thank you for that. I think that's very useful, very interesting. So when people see that, you know, written on guides online, they'll be like, oh, that's what that place is. That's <laughs> what sure. that activity is. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So you can continue. Sorry no. for the interruption. So that's it. I mean, you know, you can go to different, you know, we have different neighborhoods and we have the Highlands, we have Rhino, we have where I live, which is Capitol Hill or Cheeseman Park. So there are different breweries in and around. One of my favorites is actually in the Capitol Hill Congress Park neighborhood called Cerebral. If you like darker beers, especially in the winter, they're super famous for their dark beers, their porters, their stouts. It's always quite a scene there in a good way. Lots of people, they put out tents in the winter so you can still sit outside. It's fantastic. Heaters. And usually the sun is just nice enough to warm you in the winter even so you can be outdoors. Lovely. Perfect. Cerebral. Yeah. Cerebral. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big dark beer. Okay, gal, me too. Oh, so. Perfect. <laughs> do you like stouts, porters, or what do you like? A brown ale, which yes. I mean is not like I haven't really found too many here. I lived in Lithuania for a while randomly, and there were a lot of really great brown ales. Just and 
they had these little, you know, garlicky chips that you could eat with them. And I remember just the combo was very odd, but addicting. So yeah. yeah. Do you like red ales? Yes, as well. It's a little bit more bitter, though, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, red ales can be a little. Yeah, it sounds like we have pretty similar beer tastes. Brown ales, red ales, darker beers. Me too. Right now, the hot drink is still the IPAs, right? The West Coast IPAs, East Coast IPAs, double IPAs. But I'm still a dark beer kind of girl. It's funny. My husband used to say IPA. IPA, IPA. Because I guess that's what they say in Brazil. Okay. And it's an IPA. It stands for Indian Pale Ale. So yeah. Love it. Really hoppy beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Yeah, so good. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yum. All right. Well, so this sounds like a very well-rounded trip. We have the mountains. We have the outdoor activities. Is there anything else you would like to share about your lovely three-day trip, (laughs) three-day dream trip to Colorado? For sure. I mean, I think that the thing that makes you will make your experience unique in Colorado for your listeners is really just the people. So, you know, I would finish off your day in Denver at someone's backyard barbecue, you know, like see if you can meet people and talk to them. That I think is probably the difference between visiting New York and Boston versus visiting Colorado. You're going to meet people. You want to make friends. You want to connect with people because people will actually have a conversation with you, you know? And so that's what I would say. Focus on the people when you're here and you'll have like a true Colorado experience. So you are obviously a podcast host. You teach English to intermediate to advanced level learners. Do you have any tip for them? I mean, like for starting conversations and getting things moving with the, do you say Coloradans or how do you? Yeah, Coloradans. And actually that's an important point that you brought up. We could say, so it's important, the pronunciation, and I've been corrected at this so many times on the East coast, we make the mistake and we say Colorado, it's actually Colorado. So Coloradans is correct. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But yeah, I mean, my tip would be on All Ears English podcast, we talk a lot about connection, not perfection. So people are willing to, it's okay to make mistakes. So start that conversation and we can circle back to where we started today, Shauna, which is ask people, what do you do? Right, And expect a different answer than what you would get pretty much anywhere else in the world. I love that. Next time someone asks me, what do you do? I'm going to answer in the correct <laughs> Coloradan way. Yes. And I'm going to say, you know what? I like to go on nice walks. I like to (laughs) listen to podcasts. Yes, I I love it. Life is about more than what we do. And that's a lesson that I personally had to learn. And I'm still learning coming from the East Coast. I build so much of my life around my work, but there's so much more to life. And it sounds like you are really living it up. Yes. Out in Colorado. Like 100%. Doesn't sound like you're missing out on any of the outdoor activities, indoor activities. It seems like you've done a lot of it. So how long have you been there just to... It's been so since 2019, fall of 2019. So a couple of years now, it was interesting moving here during a pandemic, right? In the very beginning, I, you know, so we spent a lot of time with our dog. We adopted a dog in the pandemic and didn't quite get that start socially, right? So it took me some time to make friends, but now getting out there, building the community and just loving it. Congrats on everything. Congrats on getting married. (laughs) Thank you. Congrats on your life there. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you, Sean. It was lovely. Yeah. Yeah. You're always welcome back. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was a blast chatting with you. Thanks for having me on your show. Of course. And once again, everybody, check out Lindsay on the All Ears English podcast. Where can they find you? Yeah. I mean, if you guys are listening to this show already inside your podcast player, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or CastBox, then just go ahead to the search and search for All Ears English Podcasts and just hit follow. We do publish 
four days a week. Episodes are 15 minutes a day. And our angle is to focus on connection, not perfection, to get you speaking and connecting with people through English. So yeah, come check us out. Yeah. Great. All right. Thanks again. Have a good one. Thanks, Shauna. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the American English Podcast. Remember, it's my goal here to not only help you improve your listening comprehension, but to show you how to speak like someone from the States. If you want to receive the full transcript for this episode, or you just want to support this podcast, make sure to sign up to premium content on AmericanEnglishPodcast.com. Thanks and hope to see you soon.